The current batch of Democratic candidates is among the least impressive ever. In their race to outwoke each other, they are consistently making fools of themselves, seemingly unaware that they have no chance of winning the election. So before they're all plucked off one by one, we thought we'd start with a reminder of the dumbest things current and former 2020 Democratic candidates have said on the campaign trail, simply for the sake of hilarity and your amusement. Plus, angry terrorist sympathizer Ilhan Omar, well, she may finally be getting what she effing deserves. Numerous departments are reviewing what could be the worst ever crime spree by an elected U.S. official. Also, Jessica Yanev, remember him? He's back in the news again. Kian Bexty, the reporter who was assaulted, gives us the latest on him. I'm John Miller, and the White House Brief begins now. This entire election cycle has been plagued by stupid comment after stupid comment, one after another, which just shows you the absolute joke the Democrat Party has become. I mean, you want to talk about unfit for office. First, however, a message from our sponsor, Bowl and Branch Sheets. They're the most comfortable sheets I've ever owned. I I've had them for years. I literally bought them before they were even a sponsor for the show, and I promise you they are worth every penny. Sleep is the most important thing you can do for your health, so it's not where you really want to get cheap. And Bowl and Branch has the softest and most comfortable sheets in the world and the only bedding loved by three U.S. presidents. You can't beat that. For a limited time, you can get their luxury flannel bedding to keep you cool, sleepers warm, and because the sheets breathe, keep you warm, sleepers cool. Shipping is always free. You can try them out for 30 nights risk-free. If you don't like them, get your money back. And right now you get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com with the promo code WH. Get $50 off at bowlandbranch.com, promo code WH. That's spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com, code WH. All right, it really takes a special kind of lunacy to believe the things that the Democrats of today believe, and it has been on full-on display during this 2020 race. Here are the 14 dumbest things said by 2020 Dems in this race. Let's start with some of the candidates who, very sadly, are no longer with us. Let's start with the Senora Chicano Castro, who believes it's not enough for women to have the right to have an abortion. No, men should be able to get them too. I don't believe only in reproductive uh, freedom. I believe in reproductive justice. And, you know, what that means is that just because a woman or let's also not forget someone in the trans community, a trans female, uh, is poor doesn't mean they shouldn't have the right to exercise that right to choose. And so I absolutely would cover the right to have an abortion. The guy literally has no idea what he's talking about. He just knows, well, the base, they love transgender people. Transgendery, transgendery, transgender genderism. We love it. I mean, perhaps if he just stuck to pandering in Espanol, he'd make a lot more sense. Me llamo Julian Castro y estoy postulando por presidente de los Estados Unidos. You know, I'll give him credit, though. His Spanish is much better than Cory Booker's, which is just uh, inacceptable. La situación ahora es inacceptable. Es de presidente ha atacado, ha demonizado los inmigrantes. Es inacceptable y voy a cambiar este. You know, that's kind of how I imagine it sounding if Terminator had like a Spanish setting and you just flip the switch. Now, Kirsten Gillibrand, or Gillibrand, I don't really care, was a special kind of brainless. Some might even call her a bimbo. But not I, not I, because I have too much class. Something she could have used instead of lecturing a mother 
on in the in the town of Youngstown, Ohio, where all demographics in this town have been devastated by the loss of work and actual loss of lives due to the opioid crisis. But Gillibrand's message to this mother was, hey, check your white privilege. So if your son is 15 years old and smokes pot, he smokes pot just as much as the black boy in his neighborhood and the Latino boy in his neighborhood. But that black and brown boy is four times more likely to be arrested. And when he's arrested, that um, criminal justice system might require him to pay bail. Five or bucks. That kid does not have five or bucks. He might not be able to make bail. That's institutional racism. Your son will likely not have to deal with that because he is white. Yeah, he's white, okay? The Democratic candidates generally agree white is bad, whitey, real bad. Everyone from Joe Biden, who said white man's culture is responsible for centuries of violence and has got to change. Folks, it's got to change. To Beto, who groveled at the feet of the view ladies and apologized to them for his white privilege. There are things that I have been privileged to do in my life that, that others cannot. Um, and, and I think the more that I travel and listen to people and learn from them, the clearer that comes becomes to me. The systematic foundational discrimination that we have in this country, in, in every aspect of life, is something that I have not experienced in my lifetime. And I've had advantages that others could not enjoy. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Now we've got another glittering jewel of colossal ignorance who's also no longer with us on the campaign, and that was Eric Newcomb Swalwell, who had a really poignant message to send to his, on his campaign. I will always be real with you. I will be bold without the bold. Yeah, bold without the bold. Make sense to you guys? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. Now, some are saying, well, I think he said bold without the bull like without the BS, but I don't think so. I mean, we hate to make him slower than he already is, but there was clearly a D at the end of that last word. I will be bold without. He said bold. So bold without the bull, bold without the bold. Either way, it's a stupid campaign slogan. I mean, he wanted to be president even though he apparently wouldn't even pass a basic civics class. He said, quote, do you know how many times the word woman is mentioned in the Constitution? Zero, that is unacceptable. Women must be equally represented and equally protected. Re okay, but the only problem, Eric Swalwell, is that the word men isn't mentioned in the Constitution either. You know, you would think the very first words of the preamble, we the people of the United States, would cover it, but apparently not for Swalwell. Hey, Swalwell, you know the word transgender is not mentioned in the Constitution either. I mean, I think that's the, that's the real outrage, and I'm sure Chicano Castro would agree with me. Now, a cookie Kamala, she's another candidate who's no longer in the race. Uh, she, doesn't she doesn't know what the word song means. The robot Kamala Harris got stuck when asked this hard-hitting question on CNN. What would be like your favorite three songs? Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, I, Aretha Franklin. Um, uh, anything Aretha Franklin. Um, I would say Bob Marley, and then um, 
I don't know. I love Cardi B. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Aretha Franklin, Bob Marley, and Cardi B, those aren't really songs. No, those are human beings. This woman is not qualified for president. Uh, She's capable of nothing but division. When most smart people held their tongues after hearing the facts of the Jussie Smollett case because they were so far-fetched, what he was saying was so out there that we all knew it had to be fake. Well, no, this Jamaican Indian woman ran her big mouth and said, Jussie Smollett is one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I am praying for his quick recovery. This was an attempted modern-day lynching. No one should have to fear their lives because of their skin. We must confront these hate. I mean, that's the kind of response you get when you're not capable of thinking quickly, which she isn't. When called out on it, well, she bumbled and she stumbled like a buffoon. Which tweet? What tweet? Uh, the, about uh, saying that it is a modern-day lynching that... Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> yes. Jesse Smollett. Um... Okay, so I will say this about that case. I think that the facts are still unfolding, and um, I'm very um, concerned about, obviously. She's very concerned about, obviously. So should you have been. The facts still unfolding. Well, that didn't stop Kamala Harris from commenting when she thought it would help her narrative that mother country is rising and lynching gay minorities in the streets. And speaking of gay... Mayor Pete Buttigieg, he might be a homosexual, but he's not popular with the homies as he has virtually 0% popularity among black folks. And in fact, he has told them, well, he doesn't really want their support. He doesn't really want their votes. You want black people to vote for you? you That's a downfall. That's a knock on the head. I'm not asking for your vote. You ain't gonna get it either. Yeah, you ain't gonna get it. Really, you don't want their, I'm not asking for your vote. That's literally, Pete Booty Judge, what you are there to do. I I can't believe that black people don't like you. Now, the candidate who was most popular among blacks probably, probably deserves some kind of award, right, for the number of stupid statements he's made. Because long before the campaign trail that is currently happening, he was known for having a several year long history of having zero self-awareness of how ridiculous some of the things he says sound. Perhaps you know the saying, speak softly and carry a big stick. Well, Biden, when speaking about Obama, took this to a far more intimate level. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I promise you. Yeah, well, we'll we'll take your word for it, Biden. Now, when it comes to making no sense, really, Biden is king. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. What does that mean? What does that mean? Apparently all poor kids are black. I don't know what he meant, but but that's nothing compared to this incomprehensible statement where he appears to, I don't know, compare black kids uh, to roaches. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Well, maybe not as much as he loves the sight of Obama's big old stick. So there you got it. There you have it. These are the people who have tried, many of them failed, to be the leader of the free world. And those who haven't already failed will, of course, fail in their efforts to remove Donald Trump eventually from office. 
The feds are on to her. Ilhan, I took a terrorism class. Ilhan Omar could be getting into big trouble from the feds. This really nasty congresswoman from Somalia has an FBI special agent in charge of reviewing her apparent spree of felonies from 2009 to 2017. Dave Steinberg writing in The Blaze confirms that, quote, the FBI has taken additional steps since this October meeting. So where the Minnesota district of the Department of Justice directed the FBI to review a complaint filed by Minnesota State Representative Steve Draskowski. Now, there are investigators from two more agencies. It was the FBI. Now you've got two more agencies on board, the Department of Education, Inspector General, and ICE. ICE, abolish ICE, right? Interestingly, Ilhan Omar has been a vocal opponent of ICE and has been calling for its abolishment. Why could that be? Why is that? Well, ICE is looking into evidence related to possible immigration-related felonies, including eight instances of perjury, immigration fraud, marriage fraud, up to eight years of state and federal tax fraud, two years of federal student loan fraud, and even bigamy. Now, the Department of Education Inspector General is looking into evidence that shows Ilhan Omar was involved in a sham marriage to a man named Ahmed Nur Saeed Elmi. Now, this is a man who is thought could be her brother. And she, she did this in order to commit federal student loan fraud and immigration fraud while still remaining, well, she was Islamically married to a guy named Ahmed Hersey. And that's the man with whom she had two children. Now, when repeatedly asked about this by reporters in person, Ilhan Omar repeatedly dodged them, including the time she dodged our congressional correspondent, Nate Madden, who at Blaze TV asked her about it. Congresswoman, do you want to address the questions about tax and immigration fraud related to your two marriages? Nope, she didn't. Now, finally, she released a statement that said, quote, In 2002, when I was 19 years old, Ahmed Hersey and I applied for a marriage license, but we never finalized the application and thus were never legally married. In 2008, we decided to end our relationship in our faith tradition. She continued to say, quote, I entered into a relationship with a British citizen, Ahmed Nur Saeed Elmi, and married him legally in 2009. Our relationship ended in 2011, and we divorced in our faith tradition. Since 2011, I am happy to say that I have reconciled with Ahmed Hersey. We have married in our faith tradition and are raising our family together. Yeah, makes sense. Not really. Not really. And according to address records and a statement from Omar herself, well, she was still living with Mr. Hersey while she was legally married to Mr. Elmi. She filed for divorce from Elmi in 2017 and under penalty of perjury, well, she claimed to have never contacted him beyond June of 2011. But according to dozens of verified social media posts and photos, well, that doesn't actually appear to be the case. So it's very curious, very curious, and at the same time not curious at all, expected, in fact, that the media doesn't seem to be interested in this. Quite contrary to how they treated investigations into Donald Trump and Russian collusion when then zero evidence of such collusion or obstruction surfaced. So with three departments reviewing the articulable facts against Omar, well, you wonder why they're not asking the question, is she unfit for office? Donald Trump's so unfit, why isn't she? Her hatred of America and perhaps the most extensive amount of illegal activity committed by a House member, I think really answers that question for you. All right, earlier this week, we showed you video of professional menace to society this transgender, Jessica Yaniv, or Yaniv, I'm not really sure, attacking a journalist. 
Now, I think I'm supposed to say that she was allegedly attacking the journalist, but it's that, I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, my eyes aren't lying to me. And that man hit a journalist. That journalist is here with me now, Kian Bexty with Rebel News. Good to see you, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. So can you, we've seen the video and we have the video playing, but can you just, for those who are trying to figure out what exactly is happening, because it's kind of, you know, the camera's shaking and it's kind of hard to see what exactly is happening. What happened outside of that courthouse? Uh, well, Yaniv has been uh, working with police to make sure that there's no access to him at all. Um, and it's a very interesting court case. And you, you might have told your viewers already, he's being charged with possession of prohibited weapons. And those are energy weapons like tasers. You're not allowed to have them in Canada, uh, for better or for worse. Yaniv had one, brandished it on a live stream uh, with Blair White, and uh, now is going to court and is working with police to make sure that there's no accessibility to media whatsoever to ask questions about this case. And I'm seriously interested to know what's going on with the plea, because depending on how Yaniv pleas changes the outcome of whether or not Yaniv will be going to prison. Uh, it's six months maximum, I think, if it's a summary conviction for Yaniv, for, uh, Yaniv being found guilty. Uh, so I was asking Yaniv, as he left the courthouse in a very rare opportunity, are you pleading guilty? And within seconds of me asking that question, Yaniv who is prone to violence, frankly, has already assaulted my uh, colleague, David Menzies, uh, with a cane. That's assault with a weapon. Uh, Yaniv turned around within three seconds, was charging me in a testosterone-fueled rage and punched me in the back of the head after pushing me down, um, just pushing me down back from my shoulder and punched me in the back of the head with, I believe it was his left, uh, his right arm. So uh, it, it continued on from there with me backing away, saying, get away from me, and Yaniv saying, get away from him. Uh, but Yaniv kept following me and following me for about 100 yards or so. Uh, it was a really weird interaction. The police were on the scene within five minutes of it happening. So I was glad for that. So we, people, I don't think this video is as well circulated, but we, we have the video of David Menzies being assaulted with the cane. Let's rule that. You're going to go to jail. You're going to jail. Go away. I know. Don't touch me. You're going to jail. Jonathan, why do you take, why do you send sexually explicit messages to young girls? Go away. You huh? go away. Go away. Huh? My iPad. Why don't you? Now. Huh? So you guys are filing charges against Jessica, against this person, against this menace. Um, as you said, he's prone to violence, and yet he roams free. So what could the consequences be if if he's charged and, and then successfully convicted? Uh, if he's successfully convicted on an indictable offense, it would be five years in jail for Jonathan slash Jessica Yaniv. Uh, and I think that is far too little for um, all of the crimes, I should say alleged crimes, that he's committed over the past while, um, from this taser incident to his sexualization of children to uh, how he's manipulated the uh, human rights tribunal system here in Canada to harass young immigrant women who won't wax his balls. That's originally what brought this individual into the limelight was that he wanted his male testicles waxed by female estheticians who weren't trained to do so. Um, and it's just sort of dominoed from there. And that five years in prison, I'm sure, will come as a relief if he indeed goes to prison, will come as a relief to all of his victims. I have to ask, because I look at this individual's behavior, um, and it just seems like, is Jessica, Jonathan, Yaniv, is he trolling us? Because you, know, you look at, and I think you posted this on Twitter, there's you know, pictures 
of him with it, you know, it talking about I'm going to wear my thong bikini to the pool or something like that. And if suing these estheticians because they don't want to wax his scrotum area. I mean, this is just stuff that seems like any reasonable person would say, well, I can understand why. Uh, and it seems like he's just going over the top to enrage people and to offend them, quite sure. honestly. You're right about that. I, I For the first little bit as this was going on, I thought, wow, this is the most epic troll ever because it completely tarnished the image of the trans community in Canada. And it tarnished the images of Canadians, actually, when it went internationally viral. I thought I thought at the start, at the beginning, I was like, this has got to be a troll. It's kind of like this is too perfect. And then he started he started acting out and lashing out and getting violent. And then it just became all too real. I, it, it seems like and I'm not a psychologist, but it seems like narcissism, like their diagnosable narcissism. He seems to do whatever he can to get attention uh, for good attention or for bad attention. It doesn't matter to him as long as people are paying attention. It's to his benefit. So hopefully that will all be put an end to. I, I wanted the last story I did on him uh, to be a while back when the police arrested him. I thought that was when because the police actually stormed his apartment, arrested him when uh, they found out he had prohibited weapons. And I thought that that was going to be the final story on Yaniv. I didn't think it was going to be a big deal after that. But people are so interested in what's going on. So it's just this weird positive feedback loop. And hopefully it will finally end when Yaniv is put behind bars. And the police are expected to recommend charges to the Crown prosecutors. And hopefully we'll see some movement on this. I honestly think this is a menace to society. Uh, he needs to be put away, to be quite honest. Maybe that time put away will make him change his ways, I hope, because Assaulting reporters for doing their jobs cannot be the norm, either in Canada or not here in the U.S. And Canada is kind of a preview of what we get to have here in the U.S. Uh, Kian Bexie, I appreciate it. We got to run, but thank you for being here. Thanks so much. Thanks, folks, for watching the White House Brief. We will catch you next time. Hey, guys, thank you for listening to the White House Brief podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it. And if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.